Welcome to the Two-Way Radio Show. I'm Rick Savoya. And I'm Danny Feimster. And this is the podcast about two-way radios for business and consumer communications. Today we'll discuss Midland's request for changes to Part 95 of the FCC rules to allow digital data transmissions from GMRS mobile radios. We'll also tell you about a big giveaway promotion and take some of your comments and questions from our blog and our forum. Our show is sponsored by... By TwoWayRadios.com, the source of two-way radios and radio accessories for businesses and consumers since 2002. By TwoWayRadios.com, your radio specialists. On July 16, 2021, Midland requested that the FCC waive certain sections of its Part 95 rules to extend data privileges that are currently limited only to handheld GMRS devices to include mobile radios. On November 29, 2023, the Office of Managing and Directors Bureau issued a public notice stating that interested persons may file statements opposing or supporting the petition for rulemaking within 30 days. What exactly is this all about? If this petition is approved, what does it mean for the future of the General Mobile Radio Service? Will this be a good or a bad thing for the GMRS airwaves going forward? Well, I, I'm a big fan of what Midland is asking for here, Rick. I think uh, you probably are as well. Um, for, um, I believe a while back, GMRS did not allow any kind of digital data at all. Garmin made a request, um, I don't know, a number of years ago now, maybe even 10 years ago, to, to um, have a waiver for their devices to transmit digital data. And then with the 2017 GMRS reform, they just kind of wrapped digital data into it and made it just part of GMRS. But they, they put restrictions in there to where uh, digital data could only be transmitted on certain frequencies and it could only be uh, can't go through repeaters. Um, and it was limited to handheld radios only. And that is basically what Midland is trying to have reversed. They're trying to extend the uh, digital privileges, I guess, to uh, mobile radios and up to 50 watts of power. Mm -hmm. Well, you, um, you like this idea then. And, and I, I have to admit, Midland is, is taking the um, – they're, they're really taking the initiative here. To really take GMRS to a another an, another level or to the next level, I should say. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. I, I think that the um, the way the rules were written previously, limited to handheld only, it, it doesn't make any sense. Why cripple mobile radios? Because that's essentially what they're they're doing, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I I think there are a couple of schools of thought on this. I mean, I know there's some uh, folks out there, some GMRS users that. 
uh, are really, really welcoming this with open arms. And then there are others that uh, are not so enthusiastic about it, let me say. And then there are some, some that are somewhere in the middle saying, well, what does this really mean? I mean, it, um, how is this going to work going forward? And they're not really sure about it. So um, I, I think what we should do here is go through and find out exactly what's going on here uh, bef- before we go any farther with it so that everyone understands what this is all about. Um, now, here's the uh, overview. I think that's a good idea. Let, let, let me say something okay. first. It, you know, we are a dealer for Midland. We, we've been selling Midland radios for uh, a long time now, probably um, probably 15 years. But uh, I just want to um, make sure everyone is aware we don't have any inside information on this. I'm getting this information uh, from the FCC. We first learned about this in July of this year when the FCC approved uh, their request for a waiver. Um, and now it, it seemed like with the most recent request for comment that the FCC did, it started to pick up some traction across the internet. I saw it on Reddit, a few other places. So we decided to, uh, to talk about it on the show since it seemed to be picking up some steam. But, um, I, all I'm going to be doing here is speculating. Don't, please don't, uh, <laughs> think I have any inside information on this or that anything that I'm, I'm going to guess about is actually in the works or, um, going to be. Um, coming anytime soon because I'm just guessing. And all the information I have here is just pretty much from the FCC website and their documentation. So uh, yeah, same here. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want people to think that we know more than we do. We're, we're looking at the FCC's information. We don't have any inside product info from Midland on product. Right. Well, with that, let me give you a little overview as to what's going on. So on July 16th, 2021, Midland requested that the commission waive certain sections of its Part 95 rules to extend data privileges currently limited to handheld GMRS devices to non-handheld mobile units. On October 12th, 2021, the Bureau sought comment on Midland's waiver request. And at that point, 11 parties, a mix of off-road enthusiasts and GMRS licensees, submitted comments in support of Midland's waiver request. No party opposed the waiver request or raised concerns. On November 12, 2021, Midland submitted an amendment to its waiver request and also responded to the questions posed by the Commission in the public notice. Let's fast forward two years later. On July 24, 2023, the waiver was granted with the following conditions. Now, keep in mind, this was mulled over for two years, for about two years. And on July 24th, Midland... It's like uh, a blink, the, that's like the blink of an eye in the FCC uh, <laughs> yeah. world, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. If you look at what happened previously with the Part 95 rule changes back in, uh, started in 2010, uh, and, and they approved it in, what, 2017, that was, yeah, <laughs> this was kind of yeah, short compared to uh, that. This is not, that's nothing. Right. So on July 24th, 2023, the waiver was granted with the following conditions. These conditions had to be met. Transmitters operating under this waiver must not be capable of modification by end users to adjust the frequencies of operation. The operation under this waiver is restricted to the 462 megahertz main and interstitial channels. Operation up to now, 50... Let, let's speak English there. Okay. The 462 main, and it's it, we're talking about channels 1 through 7 and 15 through 22. 
Right. Those those uh, those are the uh, the GMRS uh, uh, Simplex channels. So the repeater channels and the uh, eight through fourteen, which are the low power channels, are still excluded. Correct. Uh, the next one, and there's another condition here, operation at up to 50 watts is restricted to the 462 megahertz main channels, not including the interstitial channels. So, so 50 watts is the 15 through 22 channels, so you cannot transmit at over 5 watts on 1 through 7, which is the same rules that we have today. Correct. That's my understanding. Mm-hmm. All right. The next condition is digital data transmissions may not be sent more than once every 10 seconds, and each transmission must be no more than 50 milliseconds in duration. Now, that's not a very long time. 50 milliseconds kind of, you know, goes by like that. <laughs> it's very quick. Yeah. And actually, the 10 second limit, that is more. Um, that, that's uh, longer than what Midland wanted. Midland asked, I believe, for a, around uh, three seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To so, so this digital is, data. Yeah. So this is a very short duration. All right. The next one is digital data transmissions may only be made when two or more users are actively linked together through a smartphone application. And uh, I'll explain that a little more in a second. I'll read Midland's paragraph. Midland kind of uh, explains what they're planning on building. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the next one. Digital data transmission may only occur when the channel is clear. Midland must do the following. They must A, ensure that its radios are able to detect when a channel is being used and must not transmit data while the channel is being used, and B, provide the Bureau in advance of equipment authorization with a description of how Midland will ensure that it only transmits data when the channel is not being used. Uh, that's a bit of a tall order there, I, I have to say. So it, basically what what's going on here is, if it's going to transmit digital data, it can't interfere with the normal operation uh, of the radio, pretty much. Yeah, Mid- Midland explained that um, they are going to use busy channel lockout. Mm-hmm. So basically, if the channel has activity, it sounds like they're not going to transmit digital data if there's already activity on the channel. So that's, it's going to be very similar to the busy channel lockout feature that already exists on a lot of radios where it will block you from pressing the push to talk if activity is is um, detected. So that, that doesn't seem um, like it's it's uh, too new. Well, it's not new, but the, the restriction here is that you're not going to be able to disable busy channel lockout in that regard in a case like that. That's my understanding. Right. I, I, correct. They would not be able to force – they wouldn't have a, be able to have a setting – to allow users to say, I don't care if somebody's talking, let's transmit my location anyway. Okay, here's the other one. While Midland must comply with the duty cycle as required by Section 95.1787A3 of the Commission's rules, it may transmit up to 50 milliseconds of data every 10 seconds where it can confirm at the beginning of each session of use that the transmitter is in a rural area as evidenced by the following method or via an alternate method deemed equivalent by the Bureau. And these, this is the method that they're going to go with. The transmitting unit must use real-time GPS data to confirm that the device is in a rural county or census tract. In other words, with a population density of 100 or fewer persons per square mile. And there's one more 
stipulation. There's one more condition. So hold, hold on. Let me let me make sure okay. I understand that one now. That, um, are you saying that they're only allowed to transmit digital data when they're able to confirm by GPS data that they're in a rural area? Well, it, it we're talking about transmitting it up to 50 milliseconds. 50 milliseconds of data every 10 seconds. So well, that's what the, that's yeah, that's what right. It, it must before, be no right? more than 50 milliseconds of duration. That's right. You're right. Um, it's, uh, yeah. So apparently, um, it has to be able to confirm at the beginning of each session of use that the transmitter is in a rural area, as evidenced by the following method by using real time GPS data. So, in other words, they have to be able to use GPS data to confirm that I guess that they are in a rural area of a density of 100 or fewer persons per square mile in order to transmit up to 50 milliseconds of data every 10 seconds. So, and um, I guess if you're not in a rural area, then it's going to fall back to what the, what the rules were previously, which says you can only transmit every 30 seconds. Uh, I think that that's my understanding. That's my understanding the, the, as well. The current rules say that digital data transmissions must not be sent more frequently than one digital data transmission within a 30-second period, mm -hmm. except that a GMRS unit may automatically respond more, more than one interrogation request received in a 30-second period. So if another radio go. asks for your location, it could respond. Yeah. Well, there's one more condition, and that is, this is condition eight, Midland must file a petition for rulemaking within 60 days from release of this order seeking rule changes that would permit more flexible use of the band. The rulemaking petition should, at a minimum, request any and all rule changes that may be necessary for Midland services to be provided over this spectrum. Now, here's what happened. Now, th those were the conditions, and the last one's very important because that's what Midland did. On September 20th, 2023, Midland filed a petition for rulemaking within 60 days from release of the order seeking rule changes. And on November 29th, 2023, the Office of Managing and Directors Bureau issued a public notice stating that interested persons may file statements opposing or supporting the petition of rulemaking within 30 days. So what this means is, and of course we're recording this podcast in, in early December, so you still have about 20-some-odd days to go to respond, uh, pro or con, uh, to this, to this um, uh, petition. And um, if you want to do that, you would need to go to the FCC's website to do so. Now, having said that... <laughs> Yeah, let's let's talk about. Let's, I mean, it's, it sounds like we we've been. Uh, it probably sounds like you're listening to an, a lawyer podcast for the last. Uh, <laughs> and I'm 10 not a minutes. lawyer, and I don't play one on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Nine disclaimer there. Um, let's let's talk about what Midland says they're going to do. Mm -hmm. um, in this, um, Let's see. What is it? It's uh, from July 24th. This is a response from the FCC where they grant Midland's waiver request. So all this, the rule changes that Rick just read through, these are, as I understand it, legal for Midland right now. Midland has been granted a waiver of the FCC's rules. They can build a mobile radio that transmits digital data 
mm-hmm. um, as long as it conforms to the rules that Rick just read. But uh, that's um, that's fun and all. But what is Midland wanting to do? This document says, quote, Midland has stated that it intends to develop a smart device application for off-road enthusiasts that connects via Bluetooth to a GMRS mobile radio to allow voice slash text communications and the transmission of GPS data, enabling groups to track the location of individual members during off-road travels. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm seeing that as a smartphone application. So an, an iPhone app that talks Bluetooth to your radio that allows you to send text messages and track a group that you're traveling with. Um, like say uh, you're traveling with 10 other people, you all connect or create a group and you're all connected to the same group. All of your radios will send out um transmissions to stay in contact every 10 seconds if you're in a rural area and um, you'll be able to communicate via text and see where everyone is um, perhaps on a map or um, a list of coordinates something along those lines that that's um, what pops into my head when I read that description from this document what do you think Rick I'll, I'll tell you I, I have my own thoughts on I, I Pretty much agree that that's what um, technically would be happening or should be happening um, in regards to the to, to the proposed rule changes. But I, I you know, I'm, I have mixed feelings about this whole thing overall, to be honest. But before I talk about my thoughts on it, I do want to state that I did some research. I checked around like you did, looked around on Reddit and Facebook and and uh, some of these other groups and looking around to see what what the word on the street was pretty much, find out what people were thinking about this. My, without getting specific, um, my takeaway was this. Some GMRS operators think this rule change will jam the GMRS airways with constant data bursts on already crowded channels. That's that's one of the the that's what uh, one of the rules of thought are uh, from this, and and that they're concerned that the data will discourage other radio users from from monitoring the channels. Uh, in certain areas, particularly in wilderness areas, that would maybe reduce the possibility that they might be able to pick up emergency voice calls and things like that. And and those are some of their concerns. Those are some of the concerns that they have. Now, other on the other side of the spectrum, you have other GMRS operators who totally support this idea. And we see that in comments from our blog and our forums and and. Um, on our side, phone calls that we get from you know some of the radios that we carry that offer GPS and, and uh, connectivity and and things like that, where they're they're just clamoring for this kind of uh, this kind of expansion of the use of digital data, and and I, I understand, I fully understand that too. So I think there are a couple of. I think there are uh, concerns, but I think there's also a lot of anticipation on the other side for for those who really, really want this. And my thought, my thought's somewhere in the middle because I've I've kind of looked at both sides, and they all make good points. 
Everybody makes a good point about this. The, the, the thing is, there are only uh, there are only so many GMRS channels that can be utilized that that are available for the service. And um, you know, is this really going to to help, or is it going to hinder? Uh, the use of GMRS from people that really aren't interested in any of this. They just want to pick up their radios and go. I don't know. I honestly uh, I don't think know. it's a bad idea to, to make GMRS stagnant because of FCC rules that are locking you in. Now, I, I understand what people are saying with you know, maybe if there's a lot of digital data and we start transmitting location information and text messaging over uh, these channels at 50 watts, you're going to end up getting um, a lot of unwanted transmissions. Um, I, I get that, but I don't know. It seems like this this can provide functionality that enhances the service. Think mm-hmm. about um, off-roaders. When you're outside of cell phone coverage, using radio communication is a, a great way to stay in touch. And I mean, this, this technology could save lives. And, and if there are problems because of it, then I see that as an opportunity for the FCC to make further changes to enhance GMRS. Mm -hmm. If GMRS is so popular that the channels are becoming crowded, then we need to make GMRS even better. Um, And there's other things they can do. GMRS right now is a, a wide band analog service. Uh, the FCC could um, expand the number of channels. They could allow digital and maybe a narrower bandwidth to fit more channels in the same space. There, there are, are and, and I don't want to get into how that would be done. Yeah, that's a <laughs> that's another are. discussion altogether because I could yeah, think we, right we now have of, a, of the limitations there. I mean, where would we, you we could get- have a lot of podcasts on how that could, would shake out? But I, I'm just saying. The FCC has a lot of options, and it's a good thing if there's so many users using GMRS that um, you know that that we don't have enough channels. Mm-hmm. I, I see that as positive, and adding more functionality to the service. I while there could be problems from it, I wouldn't want to run from it. I hear that too, and I agree with you uh, in the sense that. I don't think GMRS should be stuck in in a place where there's no room for growth and that it's going to be archaic and 20 or 30 years from now, people are going to maybe bail on GMRS because it is uh, archaic at that point. Right. And you, you kind of have to keep to- moving, you know, keep keep moving and growing uh, in order GMRS for the service needs to, to become sure. GMRS needs to become what people want it to, to become and what people need from it. And you've got to give Midland a lot of credit. I have a oh, lot yeah. of respect for them pushing this, this service forward. Um, it's, it's not easy to mm-hmm. um, work with the FCC and, you know, ask them to change the rules. And I'm sure this, this was very costly for Midland uh, to take this on. And uh, I think it only makes the service better, and I'm happy they did it. You know, I, I want to take this moment to say something about that because some of the comments that I saw in some of the forums going around that uh, people were saying things like, well, this is – Midland's obviously doing it because they're a business and they want to to expand what they're doing with their business and expand their products and, and – um, and they're not 
they're not considering GMRS or the people in GMRS at all. And I really take issue with that because I, I, I disagree with that. Now, yeah, sure, Midland's a business. That's they're in business to to make and sell radios, but. I don't think that's a bad thing at all. As a longtime Midland fan of Midland radios, what they're doing, I understand what they're doing. And what they're doing is they're trying to, to, to get to the next level, to try to move GMRS along. They're doing this for the off-roaders and uh, some of the other people that have, I'm sure, requested this sort of functionality from their radios. And they're looking to see what they can do uh, for for their users for you know to to uh to make that work and i do give them kudos for it because as you said yes it's an expensive proposition to do this it's not easy to do it takes a long time as we saw with that that uh, two-year gap there between the time they uh, initially submitted that petition to the time that uh, that the fcc responded to them and it's going through this this process Yes, Midland stands to gain from it, but what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that at all? And in fact, if Midland is going to invest in making these uh, these radios that have this kind of functionality, uh, you know, providing it all gets approved, um, in the end, who's really benefiting from that? Well, the people using the radios. So I don't see anything wrong with that. And and for those naysayers who are just kind of, you know, who might be trying to dump on Midland for for taking that kind of initiative, initiative I, I say, hey, more power to Midland. <laughs> I really. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. This only works out for Midland. I mean, of course, Midland's doing this because they want people to buy their products and they, they're a company and they're in it to make a profit. Mm-hmm. But they're only going to be successful if they're making products that people want and people buy those products. Mm-hmm. So they succeed by giving people what they want. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I think they're, they're making the right moves here. So now whether the FCC will ultimately approve it, it's kind of looking like it might, unless there's a lot of pushback. Now I did read a couple of comments uh, that have been, Posted yeah, so far, I think and I'm not going to read through them, but you know, uh, very. I think it's a done deal. I mean, the FCC yeah. has already um, giving granted Midland the waiver request, so Midland can mm-hmm. go ahead and make their product. I think the only thing that's still up in the air is can other company like Midland has to, as I understand it, and I and I'm no attorney, I don't know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> um, as I read it, Midland has to pro- make a proposal for what the official rule changes would be that would apply to everyone else. Mm-hmm. So uh, right now, Midland is the only one that can sort of uh, go and do something like this, but uh, that's probably going to change, assuming the FCC um, approves this petition that was just submitted. Well, my understanding of this petition is that if if they're going to approve making these rule changes to Part 95 to allow these things, that's going to apply across the board. Those are going to be Part 95 rule changes. So uh, not only Midland, but, but any other manufacturer could also follow suit. Uh, that's my understanding. Yeah, but, I, uh, I believe that's the case with the, the um, petition that was filed in November or no, in September. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one with all the detail that we were looking at previously from July, right. I believe that applies only to Midland. Midland mm-hmm. has the, the, the waiver uh, granted for them at this time. 
Well, we shall see what happens out of this. And, and it sounds like this might happen fairly quickly. Now, of course, I could be completely wrong about this as I have what, been what, before. What, a year and a half? Uh, <laughs> a year? <laughs> Not seven, I don't think. <laughs> but but I, I don't think this is going to be quick at all. Like You don't what, think so? What? Well, I think that most people listening to this podcast would think quick is maybe 60 to 90 days. And I don't I don't think it's going to take 60 to 90. I think it wouldn't surprise me if it's a year or more. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, look, it took them 10 years to do the um, part 95. And I, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, I'm no attorney. I um, have to read through this FCC stuff. 10 times for it to make any sense to me. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm not expecting this to be a quick thing, hmm. but I can't wait to see what Midland's working on. I don't know if they're just giving folks 30 days to comment on this. Well, I guess that's a standard procedure anyway, but if they're, they're just giving folks 30 days to comment, it could be, who knows? It could be within the next uh, year, maybe the next six months. i don't know. I don't. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> but uh, it's anything's possible. Any anything is possible at all. You know what, Rick? There's probably some people out there listening to this that are smarter than we are and can tell us and comment. Um, comment and let us know when to expect an answer from the FCC. Sure, absolutely. I mean, these are our opinions for the proposed rule changes. But what are yours? What's your opinion? Yeah, send them in. Uh, email us at uh, show at bytwowayradios.com. Tell us what your, uh, what your thoughts are. Drop your comments here on the, on the, uh, uh, the show episode on our blog or uh, in, in any of the venues where we have the show or uh, on the YouTube channel or, or Rumble or wherever we're at uh, with the, you know, if you're watching the video version of it, drop your comments in the comments boxes and let us know what uh, what you think about all this? You for it? Against it? Kind of indifferent? Like I don't, I don't care. <laughs> you know, it any anywhere across that spectrum. Just let us know. Any other comments on on this? I I don't think so. I'm excited to to see what comes of it. All right. Midland well, has something cooking. That's that's uh, pretty clear. Well, I do want to mention that we have something cooking here. That's a short term, but we have something uh, cooking here. And uh, I just want to make a quick mention about that. We have partnered with uh, a company called Survival Dispatch. You may be familiar with the site or the, um, the YouTube channel, Survival Dispatch. They are currently, for the month of December, they're currently running a $25,000 New Year giveaway. And there are a number of uh, companies, there's 17 companies that have pitched in to uh, contribute prizes to this. And I think uh, it might be worth uh, checking out. We we wanted to add some extra excitement to the holiday season, so, uh, so we participated as well. Survival Dispatch, for those who are not familiar with it, is a site that promotes disaster preparedness with the collective knowledge from experienced survivalists. Their goal is to offer common sense prepping solutions for a dangerous world. So to ring in the new year, they're giving away $25,000 in prizes during a giveaway drawing on New Year's Day 2024. 
A total of 17 companies are participating in this event by contributing the prizes, and we are one of those companies. By Two-Way Radios is contributing uh, a, an Ocean KG935G Plus Prepper GMRS radio kit valued at $469.99. One person's going to win. This is my understanding that one person is going to win that full $25,000 giveaway package. So uh, someone's going to walk away really big with a lot of a lot of cool stuff, and it looks like they are giving away a um, a trip. So that's uh, that sounds pretty cool. So the registration period began Monday, December fourth, twenty twenty three, and continues through the month of December. The drawing will be held on New Year's Day, January first, twenty twenty four. There's no purchase necessary. All you need to do is go to the official giveaway sign up page, enter your email address, and you're in. And you can get there uh, by going to our blog. We have a blog post up for it by Two Wheel Radios. Go to our blog, and you can click on the link there for this post. Uh, for the giveaway, and you can enter from that point. Just it's just free to sign up. You don't have to do anything else to to uh, get in there. But once you're in, you're in. And just as a disclaimer, this giveaway is conducted by Survival Dispatch. Okay, that's a third party. We're not conducting the giveaway. They are. So any uh, any questions, concerns, comments about the giveaway. Uh, you'll need to go to survivaldispatch.com to, um, to address that with them. You'll want to read the giveaway terms and conditions located at the bottom of the sign-up page on their, their uh, sign-up page for their giveaway for the details and all that. But uh, yeah, defer the questions to them. <laughs> They're the ones doing the giveaway. We're just participating in it uh, by contributing one of the prizes. All right, uh, having said that, we have some comments and questions from our blog and our forum at twoayradioforum.com. We have a couple of questions here. Uh, the first one comes from Florida1146. And Florida1146 is asking about the Ocean KGQ10H. And we covered this in episode 180, the Ocean KGQ10H handheld quad band amateur radio. And Florida 1146 says, I have the Ocean KG Q10H, and it is supposed to cover the 108 to 135 aviation band. So what is the best way to program the radio to receive this band? I have the Ocean programming software, and on the radioreference.com site, there's a list from 121.5 to 135.950. Will I have to enter all of these frequencies, or is there another site that will let me import it? And that's from Florida 1146. What do you think, Danny? Uh, what I think is that if, if you have um, specific frequencies that you monitor often, you should save those frequencies as channels. But it, it sounds like you're just going to um, prefer to scan um, or go through and enter specific frequencies at various times. Um, that's what it sounds like to me from the question. And mm -hmm. if that's the case, you want to go into frequency mode. There, there's a mode button. Um, on um, the radio so um, you can change to frequency mode and that will let you key in the frequency specifically now um, I believe you mentioned 108 to 130 something uh, 135, frequency. Yeah. that's that's the air band mm -hmm. um, range so uh, you probably want to make sure you're in AM mode so if you go into um, the channel menu 
you may want to change your mode to AM because a lot of the, the airband transmissions are AM. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, that is a detail you don't want to forget about. <laughs> All right. Well, our next one comes from Ben, and uh, he is asking about the Mellowwave shadow antenna. And the, this was covered in episode 172, the new Mellowwave brand of antennas and mounts. Ben wants to know, how is the shadow in comparison to similar antennas like the Midland Ghost antenna? And that's from Ben. That's a very good question, actually. Um, you know, I mean, performance-wise, I don't know the numbers right off the top of my head. I think that they both perform very, very well. If I recall, uh, the YouTuber Not a Rubicon did a video. Um, goodness, it may have been a year ago at this point, but mm -hmm. he compared a lot of several, uh, probably three or four antennas that are that same style. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, he really went in depth with SWR on various frequencies and, and, uh, things like that. So maybe check out his video and, um, that might help you make a decision. All right. Well, I guess that does it for our comments and questions in this episode. Send in your comments and questions for Danny or myself to show at buytwowayradios.com. If you want to know more about today's topic or about two-way radios in general, check out our forum discussions at twowayradioforum.com. You can subscribe to the Two-Way Radio Show directly from our website at twowayradioshow.com or hear it on Apple Podcasts, Bluebird.com, or pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. And you can also subscribe by email. Click subscribe by email on the two-way radio show podcast page at twowayradioshow.com enter your email address and you'll get the latest episode of the two-way radio show as soon as it's released well i guess that does it for this episode any final comment i don't think so all right well today's show is sponsored by buy twowayradios.com whether you're searching for two-way radios for general consumer or business use buy two-way radios can help you find the best solution for your needs Enter the promo code SHOW at checkout and save an additional 5% off your order. Give us a call at 1-800-584-1445 or enter our live chat at buy2wayradios.com. Well, everyone, as always, thanks for listening. And until next time, for the Two-Way Radio Show, I'm Rick Savoya. And I'm Danny Feemster. And we're out. Out.